We are back with a special segment called Duck, or you will get slapped. I have questions this time, Raph. I came ready to combat. We should get a like a questionnaire prepared, like favorite bottom position to slap people, favorite mm-hmm. bottom position not to get slapped. We'll get to all that. No one, best I know, was slapped here, except I did get peed on center mass by my very young son. It's time for Verbal Tap. Show the proofs fighting. Easier from outside the cage, sometimes a little more disgusting. I'm your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you before we introduce uh, Clay's cousin? I'm well. Uh, did I hear the part where your son peed on the middle of your mask? Center mass. No, no, no. It's oh. like right on my chest this morning. It got, oh, okay. got loose from a wipe and diaper and just boom. It was like, mm. if this was anyone else, I'd fight them. If it was yeah, well, anyone else, but can't do it. Plus, hard to armbar. It's all just cartilage in there. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to have rubber band arms, uh, which I think will make it very difficult to submit. Kev, I'm excited about our guest today, and I'll tell you why. We are his second ever interview. Now, normally, uh, we're people's first. first. I was going to say. Well, according to him, the gentleman who interviewed him first has a specific way that he says his name that we don't say on this show, but we know him as BMAC. Some people know him as Brandon McCagrin. No, we like no, to call no. him. No, no, it's Brandon McCatherine. Yeah, no, I was getting to that. So oh, give okay, me one minute. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, I guess since he announced himself, he won uh, qualifiers. He won combat jujitsu over the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the champ, one, Ryan Aiken. Ryan, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Best day of my life passed me, and now I'm just got post victory depression. That was the best. Sh- how old? How okay. old are you? Tw- well, 28. So far, oh, well, I'm turning 28 uh, next week. But so far, that was the best day of my life. Yeah. Took took two takes to get the age, but I follow. We're, we're <laughs> early happy birthday from us here on the show. You're how in shape were you training in? How are you maintaining it? What was like the first thing you ate after middleweight combat jujitsu? Uh, let's see. So we were at that resort. Um, and after, I, well, right after I made weight, you know, I was focused on just pounding Pedialytes left and right. Like, uh, I guess because everyone gets diarrhea at the resort, um, they actually have like a huge stock of Pedialyte in the, one of the little stores. Um, so that was very helpful uh, for recovering from that weight cut because that was like, dude, that was about 20 pounds. Uh, no, that was like, like 17, 17 Ooh. pounds. 17 pounds over like like four days um and dude like i was really regretting some barbecue i had last thursday that was that was not a smart choice <laughs> i i can i always think barbecue is never a good choice Raph, that's all i was gonna say good no it's perfectly fine i can tell you that this is the part of his journey that i know for sure because earlier today to the sounds of one in sync, and Kev, I'll let you guess the in sync song. Digital, digital, get down. It is not that one. Okay. Uh, there is a photo of what looks like a feast, some wings, 
a burger. Uh, is that calamari fries or whatever? I can't even tell. Oh, no, but dude, it, it was like barbecue nachos. Uh, oh. And then there was like a barbecue salad. And I didn't even get the ba- the half and half basket of fried okra and fries. It's not even half and half. It's like, It might as well be like a double basket in one because it is massive. There, there's nothing halving about that basket. It is quite an impressive array, but uh, the little insignia says bye-bye 185. Yeah. Yeah, mm. so I, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a while before I can make 185 again. That's it's. A, I mean, you looked pretty pretty in good shape for 185. Uh, I'm not gonna say you looked big, but you definitely look like hmm. This is a good weight to be in that division because uh, there were a lot of things that happened. I want to start over on this though, Kev. I like the fact that he has eaten well. And I like that you asked him what he was eating, especially not knowing that that was one of the things. By the way, the song was Bye Bye Bye. I just figured I'd Thank throw you. that in I right was, now. It was driving me. I was like, tearing up your heart. God must have spent one more time on you. Like, <laughs> what, what insane song was it? Thank you. But let's get to the real brass tacks here. Tell us about how you qualified first. And then we'll get to the tournament because I didn't really get to interview you because I didn't know you won. I know a number of people who were attempting to win the trials. And when people don't win the trials, they just go radio silent. So it's not like you really get any more intel. But yes, you did win the 10th Planet Qualifier, which then magically inserts you into this card somehow. So tell us what happened and how that came about. Okay, so I I had just joined the 10th Planet uh, affiliation uh, two years ago. And, um, so like I, my name wasn't really known, um, but Sean had been training me for the last two years. And then when the qualifier came around, um, he was like, well, let, you know, let's send you over there. Let's try to get you in. And like, uh, again, you know, I don't know everybody, so I can't like throw any names out there or anything, but apparently like somebody was basically asking like, well, who is this guy, you know, kind of acting like. I have no name, which I don't blame them. You know, I like I was only doing D for like, uh, you know, five years prior to that. You know, I, I was mainly on the IBJJF circuit, but, uh, you know, I've been trying really hard on the Nogi circuit recently. Anyways, uh, he, he Sean manages to get me in the in the uh, bass in the hat, you know, and we go out there. And I only had to make 190 for this, so for that the was qualifier. Like yeah, for the qualifier, you only have to make 190. Nice. Um, and so that was like an easier cut, you know, because I, I'm trying to come down from like 201, so, so that kind of helped me with like ballparking. All right, do I need to like cut any more like body fat, you know, so I can make the 185 later on? But as far as the qualifiers, yeah, I made 190 uh rehydrated and that was that was that cut was rough too because i was like i was like 197 the night before no two nights before i was 197 and the night before i was like 195 i tried to do like a uh a hard like i'll do i'll i'll uh taper down and i'll do several cuts and basically each cut is going to be about like five pounds uh you know four or five pounds and then i'll I'll just drink and chug some water and stuff up to about like 
maybe three pounds of liquids and stuff, you know, so I can chew on some food and stuff and keep things moving through my um, organs and whatnot. And then uh, once I, like the night before, I was maybe like 194. So it was easy to make that weight in the morning. And what's, I had access to What's to gym. harder, making weight or having to fight the savages of the 10th planet gym system? Be honest. Oh, definitely fighting the savages of the 10th planet gym. Uh, uh, but the making weight is important for me because, like, honestly, dude, like, I, I would walk around at, like, 200 and stuff. It, in, in, but in order to get more opportunities, I've been having to make these weight classes, uh, like 185 and 190 and stuff. So, uh, but, yeah, anyways, I make weight. I get into the bracket. Um and about my first match was actually against Sam Barbosa, who has tough overtime. Like he's really good at overtime and he is good at playing possum during regulation. Uh, and he has good wrestling. And what he'll do is he'll bait you to just attack like the, his upper body a lot. Uh, tr- good luck trying to triangle him or Kimura him. Good luck with all that stuff. But uh his one weakness has been legs recently as i've been exploiting this last year and that worked out for me pretty well uh so you know i got i got him uh that first round and with what it was with the heel hook uh i am i supposed to be talking about all this because like they told me like weeks ago like don't talk about like you know who won and stuff because they're supposed to they're oh. supposed to like show the video and stuff, so I I don't know. Uh, well, let's put it this way: if they have an issue with it, send them our way, and <laughs> I will send them to I think the BJJ Fanatics podcast, and I'll say it's their fault. So <laughs> we have a very accountable system here. I would like to ask this before we go. Yes, I do want to hear these things because, as we mentioned, I would have interviewed you if I knew you won, but I didn't know that you won. So as a result, I can't pull my Ariel Hawani trick of, hey, kid, congrats, you won. Let's interview. And you go, yeah, I'd love to do that. I would love to come interview with you second because I don't know any better. And I'll go to my friend Brandon McCatherine and do an interview with him. That's fine. That's fine. We would have that issue then. However. I digress. My question to you is when you say that people don't know who you are and you're a guy that came in the gi, do they have like a, a system that they do where they go smoke this joint right now and prove that you're 10 P for L. Okay. Yeah. So what sucks, uh, actually, uh, first of all, I would never like smoke while I'm competing and stuff. Um, you know, like that some people it works well for, but uh, I've actually been sober for since last November, and uh, I've been doing like the best I've ever done on the competition circuit. I can't say that's why. Honestly, I used to love using like psilocybin uh, to help me like relax and kill the nerves before I compete and stuff. But uh, for some reason, you know, I've just been finding other ways recently. Uh, hey, that's been helping a lot. Have you ever seen the movie Bull Durham? No, doesn't matter. You have to respect the streak. <laughs> if you're doing better, if it's because, for whatever, you have to respect the streak. If you're better sober, you got to stay sober. Yeah, 
Yeah, I could guess be worse. Right, yeah. It could be abstaining from sex. At least this yeah. is sobriety, right? Like this is attainable. <laughs> so stick with it. The, and yeah, you should watch sure. the movie Bull Durham, but that's a completely separate note. I'm watching you fight Pedro Marino right now in the Pan No Game of 2019. No, no, he trashes me in that one. That was bad, dude. And like (laughs) Roberto's Roberto's dad was like yelling uh, for me to. Oh, what else is new? Yeah, I was I was feeling like he just wanted me to try to tire Marino out before uh, before Roberto fought him. Um, wasn't really coaching me to the victory on that one. <laughs> it happens. And again, we're here to go through your journey for combat. So I do want to ask this, though. Ryan, that's your first match. How does the day progress for you at the combat trials? So at the combat trials, uh, day progresses. After the, after the first match, I uh, fought this, like, um, I wish I knew his name because uh, he was really good. Uh, and you, his leg, his leg defense and stuff was like um he does a lot of these like over rotations on the leg defense which is something that is uh i feel like it's a little less orthodox than like uh you know heel slipping and whatnot Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was really like causing me a lot of trouble and uh yeah i got him uh with uh like like a knee bar with like a uh, it was like a shotgun knee bar um and but somewhere in that match, I'm more of a rib. semi-automatic knee bar person, but you know, you teach their own. Yeah, dude, I, I like to get up close and personal. <laughs> um, so go on. So so yeah, man. Somehow I hurt my rib in there. Uh, he was doing a lot of these like back steps, mm. and uh, like he, he would go for like the back back step to Connie Basami if I'm like playing daily healer or something, I guess. Um, or I, I don't know, but somewhere he like hurt my rib, I guess. And I didn't think too much about it. I carried on through the tournament, had my third match against this really tough wrestler guy, uh, who was like dogging some guys. Like, I think even like Brown and black belts, this like collegiate wrestler was just dogging them. Dude's an animal. Um, and then my finals match, I fought it. Dude, Derek, like, it was so daunting to watch him. Like, he was in a buggy... Ch- uh shit. I don't know if I should, like, spoil this. You, this They is, did mention this, this already, and I think they, they made did. mention okay, of it on the, the... Yes, in fact, Brandon okay. McCatherine was the one to say this on commentary, because I'm pretty sure I heard his very sweet and lovely voice go, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but, like, it's the craziest thing, because two people were in a buggy choke. And I don't know. I'm just a simple Southern gentleman, but I love that one. So, yeah, no, he did talk about that. On <laughs> dude, the actual thing. dude, when I saw that shit, man, like, like, so like Derek was in a buggy choke uh, by, I think it was, I think he, his name's Renee. Um, and uh, is he, is that Renee him. from uh, Bethlehem? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, and I've seen him before. I think I saw him at Sapatero. And, uh, and yeah, dude, he had him in a buggy choke and I'm like thinking, all right, dope, dope. That buggy choke's going on for like five minutes, dude. And then, uh, Derek does something where he just kind of like sits back and lets him on top. And then he flips the buggy choke, puts a buggy choke of his own on. 
and ends up tapping him with it, you know? And that was just insane. Like, I watched the entire room just turn into... Have you seen that movie, like, You Just Got Served from, like... Of course. Like, 20 years ago? You really saw that? Um, yeah. Okay, wait, hold on. Fuck uh, off. You watched You, you just... Got Served? Yeah, exactly. I like that he asks, like, oh, it's just this movie called... Uh, you know, where the dance and the you got served. Yeah, you, you've yes. seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen it. Well, whoever watched it is an idiot. Wait, that's a terrible <laughs> setup, kid. That's a wait. I thought we would be on the same team here. Yeah, it's no, a classic no, I was, movie. I was just making sure that like like movies like that and never back down, dude. Like those those are like my style from when I was a teenager, dude. All that like teenage angst and shit. Oh god. And so so like <laughs> dude, that's what le- that was my origin story for MMA, bro. Just letting you guys know. So uh anyways, anyways, so like when when I see <laughs> something like that go down and the way the crowd reacts where their hands are all thrown up and they're all like, "Oh shit, you just got served." You know, shit like that, you know? And so um, I, I guess it's also like the the theme of like the break dancing coming from uh, Ten Planet Freaks too. So mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of I just kind of got like visualized that vibe in there. I'm like, fuck, dude, like like I'm just this like rando outsider, man, and I'm supposed to like go against this dude now. Uh, and so yeah, then I go to the finals against him, and uh, and dude, he. I, I was just really like I, I just kept firing off on his legs and stuff. I couldn't get shit on him. Like he he was he was really good with his like late de- defense. I can't necessarily say he like escapes, but he's very good at defending late. And uh, you know, I knew I had to stay away from the buggy choke. I knew I had to um, you know, I'd get to mount and he'd do this thing where he'd throw his leg around me and try to go for the legs. Um, and then, uh, uh, we, we had to go to OT, uh, he, he did the arm bar a lot, uh, ended up like kind of popping the outside of my arm a little bit, but, uh, I caught him in, uh, rear naked choke and yeah, man. And then I ended up winning that. So that was great. So how much time uh, do you have between this, uh, between what just happened this weekend and the trials? That was three weeks. Okay, um, so your arm gets popped a little bit, and now you have to start putting on a calendar with the other good arm and circling that date and saying, okay, in three weeks I go compete. It Does it bug you during this time? Are you able to train so, around it? So the, the arm wasn't really, like, the biggest issue to me. Like, it, it – uh, you know, I, I already have like some some like terrible golfer's elbow on both my freaking arms that I'm always having to do like some therapy with and stuff. But mm. but that rib was what was killing me. Um, so that rib got so bad that following night, like even just laughing, like hurt, dude, laughing, coughing, anything. You know, you, you can't be coughing too much nowadays, but uh, laughing was definitely hurting my ribs. And, uh, and so I came back and I was trying to train and stuff and I could not train for like, uh, dude, like it was very difficult to find ways to train. I couldn't do the OT. I couldn't get, I couldn't let guys get their legs around me and, you know, body lock my ribs. Um, you know, I had to like protect it and keep it the farthest thing away from people. 
when I trained and like played guard and stuff. Uh, maybe even just focus on passing, things like that. I just couldn't take pressure on it at the time. And it took about two weeks for it to get to a place that like I could finally do OT training again. And, you know, I had to do a lot of microcurrent therapy and stuff in order to make that happen. Microcurrent uh, yeah, therapy? What is microcurrent therapy? Yeah, man, therapy? it sounds it sounds a little like bullshit. Believe me, when you see like the, oh, then please like explain the, it. Just explain it. Then I want that. I definitely want to hear what it is. Okay. So, so it's kind of like my understanding is uh microcurrent is kind of like tens units, right? So the tens oh. unit has mm-hmm. uh, a, a microcurrent supposed to be like, a, I think a thousandth of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like smaller or a thousandth uh, more uh, in volume. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. It, it, it's it's just like another, like a few more zeros added on, you know, to like whatever the tens. Gotcha. Deli- so deliver. compared to tens, it's more like your performance in Artista Invitational 2 against Protasio as opposed to your Nogi Pans performance. I get it. It's amped up. I'm following. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Wow, you're really pulling out all my matches, huh? I just got to <laughs> figure out who I'm talking to, right? It's hard to size up the yeah. person on the other end of the line. Um, well, well, for you, me, it is, not for Lucas Protasio. Yeah. He's sizing him up. No- <laughs> we just want to point. That match, a lot of people felt like that was bullshit, though, because, like, I, I put him in, like, an armbar and stuff, like, had him swept. Like, it's just a bullshit IDWF point system, man. It's so It's so rigged to just, like, kind of... Like, just there's so much way, so many ways, like a ref and people can just dispute it and stuff. And there's just so much like political pull in these in these IBJJF rule sets, man. And Let me just say just what a, you probably can't say, which is you just weren't Brazilian enough. So I got gringoed. You know, man, it just it, it sucks. Uh, I was actually telling Keenan Cornelius the one meme that we've really had reported was the family guy color scheme meme that we made about him when we got fucked over at one of the tournaments. And we basically won where it said pull over or let go on the family guy meme. And they had the color chart. We put Keenan's face on Peter Griffin and we said advantage, no advantage based on the color. And Keenan's response yeah. was, Oh, because it's racist. And I was like, ah, ah, be, calm down. Okay. Let's, let's be reasonable here. Keenan, I go, but it took two years for them to report us for that. And that's the only thing we've ever really been reported on. And he goes, damn, it's pretty impressive. I was like, dude, I know we've been around forever. So, yes, we can now add you to that illustrious list. But let's point this out. The reason why Kevin is doing all this research is you said the magic words. Oh, I've got some gee shit I've done. But that was a couple of years ago to us as gee practitioners as well. We're kind of like, oh, yeah, go look up those clips. That sounds good. You guys are still training in the gi. I think of myself more as a gi survivor yeah. these days than a <laughs> practitioner. Uh, I how do, you, how do you like throwing those ten pounds of wet cloth in that fucking washing machine every fucking night? Listen, dude. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I don't train every day, but you're adorable. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Was a comment to my joint stability that doesn't exist. Anyway, first of all, I have some very nice show you roll geese that I like to tell people that are my Air Jordans. So, yeah, I mean, did I pay for it? No. But do I flaunt it? Yes. Did I win it? Yes. 
Did I win it over Dan Hubler? Absolutely. Do I take every chance to remind people of that? Yes, I do. Anyway, that's not important. Ryan, we're going to now transition to talking about uh, getting into the combat jiu-jitsu worlds, but it does seem like it was providing some sort of a difficult hurdle that you were having to go through with all the injuries. So was there any kind of connective tissue that made you think maybe I'm not going to do CJJ worlds because this point you're, you're well, okay. Well, okay. We're, we're getting to the answer, but, uh, why, why was there nothing making me want to pull out a CJJ worlds? Yeah. Ribs are not the easiest jujitsu injury to get over. It's one of my favorite things. White belts explain when they go, my rib just hurt. I don't know why. So my, uh, the physical therapist I was seeing, I was applying these, these microcurrents to, she was like, you know, just come back. We'll do a few sessions and you know, like it's not something you can just do once. Um, and you know, I, I didn't believe in it at first, but like, dude, I, it's something she did and something about like all the yoga I was doing too. Like, she told me that it wasn't the bone, it could have been a little bit of the cartilage, um, but it was, it was mainly where the diaphragm that's why it hurt to cough because it's where the diaphragm connects to the lower uh, ribs. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. So, so yeah, man, like once I realized it was just kind of like a soft tissue like that, then I was like, sweet. That's something I can totally, you know, just use a lot of yoga stretching. Dude, I was straight up taking my, um, the little massage gun and just blasting it to warm it up for practice and just trying to get blood moving down there as much as I could. And it, dude, like after two weeks, it was finally getting somewhere where, I, dude, I would tell people, hey, man, just lock on that body triangle and let me just fit into it, you know? Mm. And, you know, it slowly came back. Uh, the thing was, like, I it was so, like, sensitive to touch and stuff that, like, I had to find a way to get over that and see if I could, maybe if I could just relax into it. And it got there eventually. It just took a minute. Okay. Well, now you're actually going to go compete. So let's talk about maybe that first round at the actual CJJ Worlds. When that does happen, are you able to kind of work around it? Obviously, you get to the advanced parts, but in that first match, you get a sense of, all right, this is what it's going to be like for the rest of the day, huh? Uh, You're talking about once I notice there's slaps and... and, Uh, uh, I'm not even trying to talk about that. I'm just trying to feel like, how was your sense of getting your bearings in the first match when you know you've got some injuries, you don't know what everybody else has in terms of their injuries, but you're acutely aware if they go a certain side, they might aggravate yours. So you got to protect yeah, yourself so, a little bit. So I knew that if people were like slapping the fuck out of my rib, I'm not going to say exactly which side uh, because I'd rather people not just target it. Uh, but, um, Derek actually ended up smacking these the uh, the bad rib, uh, and it scared the shit out of me. But that was until my finals match, actually. Uh, so the first match and, and all the matches leading up was simply I couldn't let people just throw strikes on me. You just can't let it happen, man. Like, the game plan with Sean was to go in and just use jujitsu. Don't get distracted by slapping. You know, 
And how was I to do that? That was to put people's hands on the floor by using Kazushi mechanics mm-hmm. and uh, and basically occupy their hands. Uh, you know, a good saying out there is a uh, shit. I don't know exactly how it goes, but it's easy to it's easier to beat a falling opponent. You know, so if they're having to catch themselves, it's going to be easier to beat them. Yeah, that works. That checks out. Yeah, they're worried about fighting gravity while you're worried about fighting them, you know? Now, as we say this, what what do you have, Kevin? Do you have confusion on this? Are you thinking about it a little more? I don't know that, but I'm trying to think. Okay, so talk me through moment as you start. When do you find out who you're fighting first? Uh, so I get done with the weight cut. Uh, actually, I found out. I think the night before and dude, I didn't even want to look at the brackets. Like I try to avoid looking at the brackets until the day of, cause I don't want it to keep me up at night. Uh, but I do kind of, I do kind of allow it to happen. If for example, my coach is like, Hey, here's what's going on. You know, you're fighting this guy, you know, then I'm like, all right, well, if, he, if my coach spoils it, I just accept that, you know, like I'm going to listen to everything he says, you know, but uh, like, I don't, I personally don't want to go look for who I'm fighting. Uh, if the brackets come out early, it, I just feel like it adds a lot of stress. You know, there's not, you yeah. can't change a lot of things about that, you know? So I prefer to find out like the day of, and then worry about it. Then um, you never know if you're going up against like the number one seed right off the bat. That would like, that would just have me so uh, stress in the night before. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be fair, you were competing against Nick Green, Korean Bomba, I think is his uh, insignia. But uh, I have rolled with him, and it is it was not fun for me. I mean, dude's solid, but you were able to win by heel hook and regulation on that one. So congrats to you. Now, as we move forward, uh, I guess we should say, like, was there anything in particular that set that one up for you? I dude, I have no idea how like I got that <laughs> pick. I know some of the other guys got like the local guys, which were going to be like super scrappy. I feel like Nick Green just wanted to. Um, I mean, he definitely because he's had these showings before, uh, and I think because he knows like the style of some of these guys, he probably just wants to come out and just beat the shit out of them, like yeah. just palm strike, palm strike, palm. You know, he's got like little, he's got like these dense ass pistons on him that I'd just rather not be taken to the face. So, yeah. um, I knew I was safe on the feet. I knew he couldn't hit me if we're on the feet. So, you know, I wanted to kind of like wrestle with him and look for an entrance, uh, from standing, uh, or use the get down rule to actually connect because, uh, I did not want to just like sit on my ass and then try to like get underneath him, get his leg, and get my face pounded in. Yeah. So well, Kev, slapped you in. Should... It's not a pounding competition. I'm kidding, dude. It's a palm <laughs> pounds. That is a palm. It pound. does. And and after... it, we were talking about this. It's it really has evolved. People have decided it's like you know what hurts slapping people with your hand. You know what doesn't hurt so much. Just palm punching people directly up. It's a lot they easier. Go, they go after the nose, man. They go after the nose. They try, dude. I was doing like nose warm ups on the side, like 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 nose yoga. You know, I'm like pushing it side to side, holding it, 
you know, trying to get some blood moving up there because I don't want that cartilage to just like snap and just be bleeding all over the place and be incoherent. Um, you know, I saw that happen to some of the other guys and yeah. it had, it gave me flashbacks to my MMA days when I was like 19. And, uh, that was just like, that was kind of surreal. Honestly, once I started seeing like the blood on the side of the stage and stuff like that, that's when I was like, fuck this, we're in Mexico, dude. Like we're down in Mexico now. <laughs> Uh, yes, there's definitely a different screen filter that happens much like you're watching a film in Mexico when you go down that way. I do want to kind of get to this though, which is okay. First round. Cool. Kev, this might be of interest to you. Do you know who he takes on in the second round? I don't, I actually don't know anything about it. I just had a baby, Ryan. Apologies. Yeah, I'm no, not paying cool. attention to anything. Uh, on Earth currently, I would love, th- thank you. I would love to hear about this though. <laughs> He uh, ended up taking friend of the show uh, one Hunter Colvin on. Son of a... Oh, so you handled business like I did. I'm so kidding, Hunter. We should, if you're we out should there, really make sure we know that. Crystal okay. clear. I'm joking. But damn, uh, Kevin beat one. Hunter at picking fights on this show. Hunter is a friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> not, not anything of any physical nature. Make sure. That's your... Damn. Okay. That's, a, that's always... That's your big matchup early. That's awesome. That's a tough guy to beat. Oh, you're telling me, dude. I, uh, Hunter was definitely someone I would have hoped would be on the other side of the bracket. Uh, you know, actually, I was really sweating Adrian Nez. I, I caught a taxi down with him to the uh, to the uh, to the venue, or I'm sorry, to the uh, resort. And you know, I thought it was funny because Adrian Nez is my only loss so far this year. And, uh, and so I, I felt like that was kind of a mental hurdle for me. Uh, and so, you know, he, he got knocked out of there on the first round though, against a tough guy. And, um, and so, yeah, no, I mean, other than him, you know, Hunter was definitely the other person that was, I was like, shit, dude, like I gotta, I gotta, you know. Hopefully I don't have to fight that guy till like the finals or something, but I saw, you know, I was going to have him second round. And uh, after seeing him against, like, my teammate Elijah Carlton on the PGF and stuff, you know, I had a lot of respect for Hunter's style, you know, um, especially when I know that I'm going to have trouble leg locking him. Um, I'm like, damn, dude, like, what what path am am I going to have to take against Hunter? And I got to worry about his Kimura, you know. Uh, I thought I had a good Kimura system, but Hunter's Kimuras are pretty, like, super legit. Um, well, you also were trying for, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because the memory goes when you get older, but I thought that you had a couple head and arm chokes that I was uh, looking dude, at. With, my head I was looking at, and I just said, good lord, dude. I thought you had a couple of those on rap. Let me tell you something, man. Like... I, arm triangles are something that I have had so much fucking problems with for the last like two years. Like every time we got a rep them in class, I'll get it for like that night. And then I'll just, it'll go out the window and I got to practice them again. And normally I was like jumping on triangles and stuff instead uh, and throw it like throwing my leg over the arm and doing triangles for mountain and shit. But in that match, you know, the way Connor was like, 
or I'm sorry, Hunter um, was building up and stuff. He'd he'd be he'd be kind of like getting up on his arm, trying to knock me off mount and stuff. Like I knew he wanted me to throw a triangle and just kind of give up position and stuff. Uh, so I was kind of faced with having to having to make that arm triangle work, and I couldn't do it. So that's something that I'm actually really repping. Uh, right now because we saw the same issue against Derek later on in the finals I couldn't fucking finish the arm triangle it's because my shoulder gets too high mm. I I feel a, a kinship I mean I think that your jiu-jitsu is much better than mine but uh, there are some people when I get them in a head and arm triangle they just look at me like I'll be fine here and yeah. I go could you not I'd really like to finish this so that I can say we're done and it's not that bad and on Dude, occasion, it is rough. It's something you got to address, man. Like, you got to really take the time in, in, in your roles, like, focus on the head and arm triangle. I mean, you gotta you got to get those finishing mechanics down if you're getting them out. There, I really feel like there's no excuse unless they're completely giving you their back. There's no excuse to not be finishing the fucking head and arm triangle if you can get there, you know? Uh, and... It's it sucks when you're just wasting all of this time, just burning time on the clock in your rounds or in the actual tournament and burning your grip out and you can't finish it. It's it's a struggle, man. Um, but a lot of that for me is making sure my elbows on the floor uh, so you're not driving your shoulder down and letting your elbow lift off the floor. And then you're uh, I got to lower my shoulder and make sure it's getting under their chin and in order to do that, I'm finding that I have to shift my weight uh, onto the same side that my shoulder's on just so that I can lower the shoulder. And then when I want to switch to the hanging uh, where my weight shifts over to the other hip uh, and I do my hip pinch with my knees, um, then I can, you know, I'm finding that's working for me pretty well. But uh, I hear yeah, you, but I also... I'll send you some footage and then you'll just kind of disown trying to help. I think you don't want to have okay. your name on this. It, it would be <laughs> very unreflective. Well, for you. All right. So this might also be the point, you know, after that second round that you've probably noticed that somebody has reentered suddenly a new player has reemerged. And my main thought process on this for you now that I'm starting to put the pieces together is if you're you, and you see that Derek has re-entered this tournament somehow because somebody got injured. What was going through your head? Did you start doing the numbers in your head and thinking, I might have to beat him again? Okay, so, like, one thing I've been saying is, like, I used to love English class, so I love, like, I used to love writing. And I got to say, it's so poetic for, and I really hope that they can, they can kind of manifest some sort of video or, movie or some shit out of this because i think it's really poetic that derek uh loses to me in the uh, in the qualifiers but still gets an invitation to come out and be an alternate uh the dude that i was really afraid of uh just is not suited for combat jujitsu right now and uh he gets knocked out of there and then uh and then freaking um, Derek replaces him and then Derek starts kicking everyone's asses 
and is going to make it to the finals to fight me. Yes, that's going in my head about how poetic it will be if he ends up beating me <laughs> for his story, <laughs> not for mine. Right. For so mine. you spent a good uh, a few minutes developing his movie rather than yours while that, the competition dude, is going on. Yeah, bro. Like, I guess that's just the writer in me. I don't know, man. But I was like, dude, fuck that. Like, it's my, you know, it's my day. I beat him before. And if it was anybody but me, I would love to see that happen for him. Yeah, of course. Um, but I, you know, I had to, I had to end that movie for him. So. Well, yeah, no, and I get it. And Derek is a, a dear friend of the show as well. So that is the unfortunate part because it's right about now that we start to realize it's turned from combat jiu-jitsu worlds to which 10th planet guy is going to win because your next journeyman, <laughs> I can't even say that word. No, the next person you're taking on, I don't want that clip to get back to him because he's also a friend of the show. Uh, Kevin Chambers is a monster. And I was actually really excited about you, or I'm sorry, Kyle Chambers, you and Kyle Chambers are now going to go up against each other. I got to tell you on paper, just by the way that you guys were competing that day, I was excited for that match. What did it feel like in those uh, 10 minutes of regulation to begin with? So I, I felt a little uh, a little nervous going up against Kyle because I've watched footage of him rolling with Craig Jones. I've watched uh, I've watched him competing. I've watched him hitting like uh, a lot of these fast, uh, you know, just styling on people moves. He's a huge counter fighter. Uh, but fortunately, I got a couple good teammates that I feel mimic his style a lot. Uh, Elijah Carlton, for example, has like a lot of the counter. Um, you know, they, they, there's some guys that just have this poise, like when they compete. You know, it's like it's like they'll they'll just stand there and they'll they'll like turn their back to you and they'll goof around and stuff. Like they're not scared of you at all. You know, they they uh, you know they they're telling you to bring it, like bring it on. You know. Um, and, uh, and so what's helped me with Kyle for sure was training with Elijah that helped me with the mental, uh, the, the mentality of that. And then also we've got a guy named Steven who plays a lot of like side guard and stuff, uh, and has good leg entries and whatnot. Um, like yes, last night I was having a night is a nightmare just trying to pass his guard. Um, so like those those two guys, I think helped prepare me a lot for Kyle. And so when I was in there, I was expecting uh, for Kyle to let me get a little deeper on my pass attempts, but he he was not giving me anything there. Uh, he you know I I could get inside space, uh, but I was definitely having trouble with my knee hop that I like to do. Uh, moving that outside was a little difficult. Sometimes I definitely need to work on, um, I definitely need to work on like he entered this calf slicer on me, which I'm not worried about like the calf crusher or anything because Andre Porfirio was doing that a lot to me. Uh, but the, it's still that inverted position where it's kind of like a leg drag position and their butts in the air and, you know, I'm putting my knee down and, you know, he chose to, you guys know what I'm talking about. In that mm -hmm. position kind of so, you'd fought him before this is your second match then fighting him you fought him trials now you're fighting him in the actual oh we haven't gotten there yet this is this is still chambers that we're talking about oh right? okay yeah, wrong no, i'm sorry chambers. wrong person 
I'm in. Kevin's I'm just getting ahead. He wants to get to that finals match because he wants to know how that movie ends. So don't worry. We'll get there. So so Chambers, you know, I was thinking, all right, I got to stay away from his legs. Uh, you know, I can't really engage in the leg entanglements. And then I'm going to just focus on passing. Um, but I started to lose confidence in my passing as we got more slippery. And I'll tell you another thing, man. Kyle's smart as shit. We were uh, at the beginning of the match. You'll see this. Um like Hunter Colvin at the beginning, he wanted to move away from this slippery ass logo that's in the center of the ring. Uh, and I was cool with that. I know what it's like, you know, rolling on a freaking massive lake of sweat. It's, it's rough. And, uh, it, but the ref wanted us to move back in the center. So we're like, shit. Okay. Well, against Kyle, there's this like, just a blatant puddle of sweat right there. And Kyle scoots into it, and he's it literally feels like he's opening his legs around the puddle of sweat, and he wants me to step into it. Um, Gross. So this dude's just straight up doing, like, freaking terrain, you know, strategical warfare right there, like a freaking ninja, dude. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, dude, like, he, like, that was pretty smart. Uh, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to step into it. I was, uh, dude, every time I tried to like turn him and get him away from the puddle, he wouldn't do it. He's stuck on that puddle because he wanted me to slip and slide so he could get my leg, you know? Uh, and yeah, dude, that, that was pretty smart. But yeah, towards the end of the match, Kyle, uh, we finally started getting onto some leg entanglements and Sean, I, of course I have Sean, who's like the best coach you could possibly have for this type of uh, these moments, you know. Sean was walking me through it live, and uh, I wasn't really feeling scared of, you know, Kyle's entanglements anymore. And I started to think, okay, maybe I can I can fire some off, you know. Um it was, but he was like, he was very particular about his placement. He wouldn't let me just pull his leg wherever I wanted it to. And I couldn't tell if, if Kyle was waiting for me to get too lax. And then he was just going to go like snipe that, you know, just snipe my foot off. Or if he legitimately like respected my leg game too. Uh, so I couldn't tell what was going on there, but by the by the time we were told there was like ten seconds left, I was able to get really deep on a. I felt like I was getting really deep on a. Um, I think I was going reverse grip on that outside heel hook, uh, and I didn't send it because part of me felt confident in the overtime anyways. So I was just like, you know, whatever, you know, it is what it is. Um, Plus, I, you know, I, I, this is not really me, you know, like I, I don't I don't just like scrap when I feel like the other guys kind of getting relaxed because they feel like the times are going to die out, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, we go into OT and I got to say that was definitely one of the toughest matches of my career uh, was the OT with Kyle. Um, some of those arm bars were really hard on my arm. He felt way stronger than I thought he would be, you know. Um, but, yeah, dude, I uh, I ended up winning that, just focusing on the back mount and escaping his arms. I'll tell you this much. Uh, one of the recurring jokes that we have, I think, 
uh, on Grappling Hour is his mom's actually a fan of our show. So she'll watch along when we do like fight companions or live interviews. She's always very interactive. And I've said on record, I'm like, Kyle's probably the only person I'm not going to roll with. And she's like, why? And I go, do you, do you watch what your son does to people? Like, I have some things that I can fire back with, but no, I don't think I've got much for him. And she's like, but you would roll with everybody else? I'm like, yeah, pretty much everybody else. I have no issue with him. Mm, not at all. Nah, I don't think so. Because also tall, not a fan of that. Um, but Yeah, dude, he's lanky, man. He's, yeah. He's long. He's long. But lanky and, as you mentioned, strong, which are, you got, you pick one. You can't have both. Yeah. That's really annoying. All right. I think we're about the same height, though. Uh, he yeah, might I'm not, be like half of an inch longer than, or taller than me, but I think his limbs are definitely longer than I. I'm not trying to add you to the list, guy. I just, <laughs> I'm letting you know that is the joke that we have for him. I'm not afraid to not roll with you as well because I can also add you to the list, but oh, you're not bro, there yet. I'm not, no, no, I'm a nice roll. I'm a gentle roll. I don't fucking believe you. However, I do have good intel on what's wrong with you. And that does help me in terms of knowing the kryptonite for Superman. Kevin, (laughs) here's the good news. You get to ask the question you wanted to ask five minutes ago. Yeah. Championship match. Rematch. What happens? How's it different? That's got to be nuts. So, so yeah, dude. Like, um, God, rematch. It's like. I I definitely learned that Derek had see I didn't expect I did not expect to be fighting Derek again. Um I, I thought maybe it would be a possibility, but I thought it was so slim. I didn't even think to prepare at all other uh, aside from some mount retention post uh, qualifiers. I didn't prepare for him like that because I just didn't think it would, it would be happening, you know. Um but uh, the mount retention that I had been training for post qualifiers helped, uh, and that was due to him uh, kind of exposing some of the some of my hip pinch mechanics sucking at the qualifiers, and I uh, I got be- I got a little bit better at those this time against him. However, I was way more jumpier on his when he would throw his leg around me because I started to realize this dude had been preparing for me for sure. He had absolutely been preparing, like, everything that he lost. I can tell he's, like, a young, hungry kid, you know. Um, every every single thing that I did to him at the qualifiers, he had prepared for. Uh, I could tell he knew I was going to go after the leg. Uh, and he would, he dude, so I go for the outside heel hook, and he's doing, like, his kind of, it's kind of like what Gio did to Eddie Cummings, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that style of like leg lock defense, yep. and I saw his free leg coming around to hook my arm, and I just saw my life flash before my eyes because I knew <laughs> if I was like to let my arm get hooked right there, he had already been hitting me. But if my arm got stuck on that hook right there, he was just gonna wail so hard on me, and I, dude. That that might have been the end of the match. That would have been bad. Uh, so I avoided that. And dude, I I got to work on this shit too, man. I could not fucking dig his heel out. It was so frustrating. Every time I felt like I almost had that heel, uh, it, it would just 
like he just his hand would come in out of nowhere and uh and get a wrist control you know and it was it was really frustrating you know so that's something i definitely got to work on there on the mount again i had the arm triangle and here's another testament to Derek's character um i'm i got him in the arm triangle right and i think okay i might get this you know and i start hearing him gurgling right and he's like (laughs) but it's he's selling it too hard he's selling it too hard and i think this was when we were about to fall off like the edge of the stage and the ref's like kind of holding us in and i said to him i was like man fuck you Derek. i know i don't have this shit and he goes, ah, oh, you caught me. <laughs> uh, it's crazy, man. Like, sometimes, like, looking back, I, you know, I, I, I don't think it was even going through my mind that there was $10,000 on the line right there, you know. And, and uh, it's like, you know, rolling with Derek, there's just so much personality there that you could easily forget that. Um, yeah, he's, he's a fun role. Damn. Well, hardest hitter of the crew. Who hit you the hardest? Uh, definitely Derek. Uh, I mean, dude, he hit me a lot, dude. And he was aiming for my temples. Uh, so, like, my temple's still a little sore. <laughs> uh, you know, it. I feel like I would have aimed for the nose more. There's something about, like, smacking someone in the nose. You know, I think uh, Matt Secor probably had, like, the the best strat as far as strikes um or uh, what, i think his last name was gonzalez that dude that's got the video going viral right mikey now. gonzalez yes and oddly yeah. uh mikey is a friend of the show who has a super fight this coming saturday with one of my good friends is it so, cjj uh it's not cjj and oh, okay. uh, the reason why is because we were both uh watching it independently and I just said, dude, I'm glad I don't have to help you come up with the strategy for this because uh, I got nothing for that. And I was like, but I can tell you some other things. But Mikey is uh, is good people. But, yeah, he he took a couple – Kevin, just to fill you in. He took a couple swats to the eye, like almost like eye pokes. By Yeah, and then that was the reason why. So uh, Mikey Rolls advanced by TKO in the first round but he couldn't advance because his eye that's when Derek got plugged in. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, Oh, so wait, wait, Derek didn't replace Adrian Nez. No, I thought Adrian Nez lost his first round. Let me double check. Okay. Okay. I see. Cause Secor advanced. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know why I was, I kept thinking that like Derek replaced him and okay. That makes sense. And Matt also got a TKO in that one. Uh, so it was, um, you know, it's one of those things that just, it happens in that tournament, dude. It, it can be a very unforgiving thing. I mean, I wanted to see them fight, dude, like Matt Secor versus uh, Gonzalez. Cause those two guys were really trying to like box in there, you know, like, uh, Secor was doing, he was using his head, uh, to, apparently he broke his thumb throwing like strikes. Um, in there. but yeah, Secor was using his massive shield of a head, um, to <laughs> like, awesome. I guess he was trying to break their hands with it or something. Um, 
And uh, Gonzalez, though, was actually, like, really knocking people out, or knocking Boudreaux out, because of he was kind of, like, he would step into it, like, straight up, like, throwing a cross, you know? Like, he would kind of step into the shit and put all of his body weight into it, you know? Like, man, that shit, that shit was powerful. And it was rough to watch, you know, when I, when I compete against people, you know, I want to see them win, and I competed against Boudreaux earlier, so it was rough to watch that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a big thing for combat jiu-jitsu is you have to get the... You have to stand the fuck up, man. Like, if you... You can't just be on bottom of there. If you can't get, like, X-guard and rock them around, if you can't enta- do an entanglement or anything, you need to get the fuck up. You cannot get down there. And I will say this. I noticed... The, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but uh, and I'm not going to, I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know if like the, the ref knew he was doing this, but when guys are getting pushed out of the stage and they're getting uh, palm striked, right? He would run up. He didn't want them falling off the stage. So he would put his, he would kind of put his leg in there and his shin would essentially pin the guy in on the stage so how the fuck would Boudreaux be able to stand up right there while he's getting smacked in the face? Um, you know, you can't stand up. It's not like he can use a wall to walk up like in a UFC fight. Um, he can't he can't throw an entanglement in or anything because the ref literally has his like almost like a neon belly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing happened when Dyson was getting toe-holded by Fogo. And I think Fogo had had this strategy to like use the use the boundaries, um, you know, doing like an IBJJF style leg locks where he's causing that rotation a lot, like the toe hold and stuff. But then, like on the edge, while Dyson is falling off the fucking stage, Fogo's still hitting that toe hold. The ref's not calling it, and the ref is like pushing, like holding Dyson up. Like that's kind of fucked up, man. Like like the like. I, I didn't understand that that kind of adds to the braking pressure, I think, you know, like you can't, you can't relieve the braking pressure and you can't escape. You're just kind of stuck there. Like, um, so some of those, some of those things, you know, I, I don't know how, how it can get figured out or resolved. You know, maybe we just got to accept it and be wary that that's what's going to happen. Um, but you know, I can kind of, all I'm saying is I can kind of feel sympathy for some of these guys that were, like, getting kind of screwed on the edge, you know? I hear you, but I also go, hey, EBI's back, y'all. It's about time because, no offense, I'm I'm seeing a new generation of people who have not competed under that EBI format who I think could do amazing things. I am talking not just people like you. I am talking people like your Wiltsy, your Tackets, your Steels, all of these young, hungry kids who have not been in an EBI tournament. And I go, you know, I'd like to see that. That would be fun. So I don't know. Maybe we don't have to worry about it, but I understand what you're saying. I'm glad that you're bringing it to light. What, if anything, do you and Derek say to each other? Because you guys seem to be pretty chummy after it was all said and done. Uh, was there anything of note that you guys kind of were able to say? Because I know that kid and I know he's really like, he's really a good guy. So, yeah, no, I like, I like Derek's attitude. Um, I wish I had opportunities like he had when I was, when I was 20. Um, 
but you know that, that life just be like that sometimes you know so you know when i see when i see him where he's at and you know i i fought him and you know the attitude he has there you know when i was at the qualifiers i felt like uh, i didn't i didn't really see that at the time um because i think he's just super competitive and stuff uh but but when we when things went the way they did at the um, combat jujitsu, he was not a sore loser at all, um, and he was really like you know definitely good people for sure. Um, and you know I respect that a lot. You know I told I told Hunter you know like I told Hunter he's a he's a good winner too. I've watched him like when he wins, yeah. he in videos and stuff like he'll he'll go over shake their hand pick, pick them up you know. Like, uh, he doesn't go cheer or anything, you know? Um, and you got to really respect people like that, you know, and know they're not, if they beat you, they're not going to do you like that. They're not going to, they're not going to fuck you over and make you look like shit or anything. Some other people, that's, that's their thing, man. They, you know, they want to make you feel like shit when you lose. So there's something that you said in the post interview with TJ, where you were mentioning that you would overcome things. What exactly were you referencing? Like, what have you overcome? Because it's one thing to hear that soundbite and kind of see what it's unfolded. But when you say things like, man, you wish when you were 20 that you were to overcome some of those things even earlier, possibly like with those opportunities that Derek had, what were some of the things that you were referring to? If we could ask. Man. um, Well, Basically, like a year ago, I got busted with psilocybin mushrooms, and uh, and so like I've been struggling with like having to do all that post legal bullshit um, with all that, and so recent as of recently, that's been one of the main things. Um, and then uh, like you know, because it was difficult to focus on jujitsu at first with all of that. And then, like, you don't know is, you know, is it going to limit my travel? Dude, like, for example, I had to go to my uh, three weeks ago. I went through my lawyer to the probation to, like, try to get permission to travel out of the country, which is a big deal, you know. Um, And the lawyer had to go to my probation officer my probation officer t- said you have to go to the judge. My lawyer said no, like the probation officer should be allowed to like allow that. And so yeah, dude, I had to do a bunch of this bullshit just to finally be able to get out of the country and go go do this. And it just I literally did not get permission until that Friday from the judge to leave the country. Mm-hmm. Uh so and that was literally on the day of my flight. So like I was straight up about to about to just i would not condone this don't try this at home but you know i was about to just go dude like uh don't know how that would have turned out um but yeah so i had to do that uh and you know i've had injuries i've had all these gi issues over the years um and you know like i don't know man like uh as far as overcoming things, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of sacrifices when you're training full time. You know, it's hard to make that happen. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people can find like a gym that'll take them in, like the pedagogues, right? 
you know, these guys can just go like train at this gym and live on the mats and stuff. And, you know, they even reached out to me a few years ago, you know, and, uh, I could have been there with the flow grappling and stuff if, if, uh, if I was down to sleep on those mats and whatnot. But for me, uh, you know, my body kind of sucks, dude. Like I, I have an autoimmune issue where like, if you look at me, I, I look like a painted horse, you know, I got vitiligo, uh, and my, the inside of me is just like that. You know, I got GI issues ever since I was like 16. Um, and so when it comes to things like that, you know, I feel like I'm kind of high maintenance, man. I can't, I can't just sleep on a mat and my body just survive this shit, you know, like my body is going to be a fucking wreck and, um, and then I'll, I would just have to go home probably. Uh, and I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't just stay out there. So I've had to survive by working, you know, gigs and bars and shit, um, and you know just say just you know barely getting by with some money and stuff so that i could train full time during the week and then weekends i work really late fucking nights and it sucks so um you know it's cool to finally make it this far 11 years later when you know you're always facing these doubts like oh my god you know and i'm just chasing and you know an impossible dream but when you run into a guy like Sean, you know, a, a hungry coach and some competitors that are starting to pull off some really good stuff like Chase was doing in the BJJ Fanatics uh, brown belt thing like a year ago or so. Um, you know, when you start when you start seeing that around you, you're like, why the fuck do I not just go join them and, you know, uh, try to try to be competing with them and, and, you know, just, yeah, dude. Yeah. Just moved over there. And for what it's worth out here in Colorado, we've voted to decriminalize psilocybin. So on the, on the work, bro, I hope everybody does man down here in Georgia. It's a fucking schedule one felony. Yeah. Well, Georgia just being liberals, a a schedule two felony. So I get it. Like they got to keep things. If they don't control the population, people leave. So yeah, yeah, it's it's some horseshit, man. Like, but but yeah, dude. Well, Brian, let me just say this too. I think it's uh pretty cool, and I mean, I I understand a little bit more now why you say this was such an important moment, and I get some perspective. And that was something that I know these are hard to get out of people when you got like two seconds to do a post interview. But to me, it was one of the things that connected me as I was watching it to saying I would like to talk to you because I don't know those answers. And obviously, you have a really cool analytical mind that you were able to show us through the breakdowns of all of your matches. And obviously, we get to learn a little bit more about you. Having said all of that, I am confused on one thing. Do you think you understand the one thing that I am confused about with you? What? What the hell were you saying at the end of the speech oh. that you were dedicating to everybody else? Oh, dude, because dude, this is, this is the thing, man, like my team, dude, mm-hmm. like there's so, there are a bunch of like, dude, you could be a black belt walk in there and this fucking like 17 year old, 19 year old white belt. That's just going to the college down the road. will roll in there 
he'll fucking buggy choke your ass and say fuck your black belt he'll you know he'll he like he'll they'll talk so much shit to you they'll tell you you'll you look like you're, you know, homeless walking in there or some bullshit like that. Like, like, dude, they don't like they there's no survivors in there. Like you like. And so the reason I what I'm getting at is you get a bunch of like you get like 30 of these guys. They've been training for like like two years or so, you know, and uh, and Sean's been teaching them like the meta game uh on the circuits and whatnot and and they will roll up into like local gyms open mats and just fuck everyone up and stuff you get all these cocky assholes in a room together and they'll anything goes they're just talking shit they're saying the craziest things and this thing just stuck a couple months ago it became a reoccurrence like every single night uh at like Monday or Wednesday night training, when we got a full room, it'll be dead silent. People will be repping, and then you'll just hear like, "Hanya," and like like everyone will just start calling back with like mating noises and shit. Just it becomes a fucking zoo in there, dude. It's crazy. Uh, so, what I did there was leading up to that tournament i told them hey guys if i win i'm gonna get that mic and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna hunt you you guys and y'all better hunt you back you know and uh and they all the all the kids you know all the younger guys are just like dude that's gonna be so epic bro do it go do it man and so yeah man I, i i did my interview and everything and like i had visualized this over and over and over again like <laughs> i i've told everybody i'm like yo if i get if i win man i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and so there i am taking into my interview and it's about to end i'm like wait a second don't go away i got one more thing to say can i get a hiya <laughs> Uh, yeah, you you guys might not get it, but uh, I, listen, I don't know that it's for us, but I definitely am more confused now than I was going in, so that's good. I would tell you though, it there's a so there is a guy I tagged it on the reel that I posted on Instagram. <laughs> there's a guy at the bottom, and he does these like he he goes around to like all these different uh, like McDonald's or Starbucks, and he'll walk in and he'll say, "Attention, Starbucks." Can I get a hoya? And everybody in there goes hoya. Wow. So that's well, where it came from. It's a sex, straight up sex noise. So good. Glad to know it. Um, I got like I got like 30% of the crowd clapping and laughing at that. You know, like I, you know, I heard it. I heard it out there. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you this much. As a person who's actually done crowd work, I I think your numbers might be significantly off, but you know, I'm gonna let you have it because you <laughs> did win, so you're the champ. Uh Thanks, the man. last question I have for you, uh, before we, we transition out, is I noticed here as I'm looking at your page, uh, you have a very interesting little side here. Cause I was wondering, I was like, how did his slaps get so good? Is any of that due in part? to a YouTube video that you created years ago that said father slaps son while oh role playing Batman God. and Robin, because I feel as somebody who is won via a slapping jujitsu competition that has to have played some sort of role. 
I gotta take that shit down, man. All my oh. team, all, so all my, oh. all my teammates, like uh, those young, those young fuckers, uh, have been like, like they found that video and they were making fun of me for it. But that was when I was like 19 or 20 years old. I was in college and I had to do a English project, uh, and it was actually like the finals grade. So that was like a major grade, and I made that video. And apparently it was a hit in class and I got an A on it, but, uh, it was pretty retarded. Uh, but yeah, man, like my dad was big on like, uh, the video cameras and stuff. He was an action, uh, like an action voter, like, uh, back in the nineties, he would get in his canoe and go down like class four or five rapids and shit. And he wound up on some magazine covers and stuff back then. And he was the guy with the camera, you know, he would do skits and whatnot. So whenever I had to do like projects, if I could choose video, uh, I would try to do video. Then I'd get my dad involved in like the skits or whatever, you know, because he kind of inspired that in me. Well, that's good to know for our nonsense, because we do lots of dumb nonsense. So we will probably take you up on some part of that. I would love to do some skits, bro. Oh. You say that, but now we have it on tape. And I also, speaking of have it on tape, I have recorded. Verbal Tap Legal said that's contractually binding, Raf. I've gotten that. Absolutely. <laughs> and I want to let you know, I also have uh, downloaded the Father Slap Son so that even if he does take it down, we fucking have it. No. So nice. <laughs> take that, kid. That's how I know I'll have a very nice role with you. See, listen, some people, they're the Batman. Some people are the Superman. Figure out which one you are and always know how to exploit it. I want to tell you this, Ryan. I'm very happy for you, man. You looked like a, a breath of fresh air in there. And you have to understand, we have friends throughout that entire tournament. And obviously, when it comes time for these things to unfold, we wish them the best, but we're not in charge of it. And it was very cool to see not just your your journey on that day, but like you could feel that joy that you were having as you were competing, whether it was getting out of ridiculous triangles or, you know, testing some waters and slaps or even uh, getting wanna, some great healings. Do you want to talk about that that uh, triangle thing? I mean, if you're going to talk about it, then do it. The Dead Orchard? Uh, yes, that's something a lot of people like to hear about. Like, uh, and they've been, they've been asking me about that a lot. Dude, that Dead Orchard, so... So, like, I did not see that shit coming at all. You know, I didn't really respect the, the arm bars. I knew I knew Derek's arm bars were really good, um, but I felt like I knew the escapes for them. And especially, uh, okay, I'm just going to take another pop on, my, on the outside of my elbow again from Derek. No big deal. Well, then he slaps that dead orchard on. I shit my pants. Uh, it was that, that moment. It really tested me. I saw that belt, that title, all that hard work just slipping away for a second. Um, But then I reeled that back in. And as I knew, I wasn't getting choked. And I knew it was just an arm. And I was standing up. And I remember when I first, uh, I don't know if this was what Sean meant when he said stand up. And the last time I was getting armbarred by Derek like that at the qualifiers, but I remember you told me to do that against Derek. So I stood up uh, once I was in that dead orchard. Don't know if that was the right technical move. That's just what came to me at the time. And then I realized that it was getting a little tighter. So I squatted 
and kind of did like what Mikey Musumeci used to do to break the spider guard grips, uh, or the lassos, sorry, um, against the Mayalbaros. Um, I just snuck my knee like in there, tried to do a knee elbow, and yes, my arm was still deep, but something about that position, like squatting, dude, it was a little lighter than me, uh, and I was curling, so now my bicep tendon is like a little sore from that, so maybe I tore a little bit of my bicep tendon, didn't take any pops to my elbow. But while I was sitting there in that squatted position, I was telling myself that, you know, I I accepted that my arm was going to break. I was like, if it breaks, I'm okay with that. This this is going to be the greatest day of my life, you know, just break my arm, Derek, you know, and the break wasn't happening. And I think it's because of like the leverage of having my knee under my arm with me and like it kind of helped me with like curling up maybe. Um you know, maybe there's a way to like break that video down or something, and maybe it could become a legit escape. I have no idea. Sean thinks that it was not the technical thing to do at all. I was gonna and, say I would uh, not watch that video and use that as escape advice, but I, bro, I, yeeted, I yeeted my way out of that fucking arm bar, dude. Like that thing that took all the balls. That took all the balls, man. Well, you did it, and it's dope. I will not try to replicate it because I do need my arm for like everything. So I would just say this, man, congratulations to you. I know that some things like this then start a momentum. So hopefully we get to see you, uh, compete more and do even more crazy shit, but, uh, do us a solid, tell people where they can find you, where they can follow you and perhaps where they can see you competing next. Yeah, so you can follow me at uh, Ryan Aiken BJ or Ryan Aiken Tenth Planet now. So that's uh, Ryan Aiken One Zero P, and uh, that's on Instagram. I am competing next weekend at Boss Grappling in South Carolina. Uh, you know, it's gonna be a smaller show, nothing, nothing like Combat Jiu Jitsu, but it's you know, it's gonna be a cool event. There's gonna be a lot of lot of uh you know submission only stuff going on over there um and then i will do the adcc trials and if i can get invited into that emerald city thing i believe that's 185 i will do 185 one more time if i can get invited into that but if not then i guess that'll wrap my year up and We'll be looking at EBI maybe in 2022. I would love to freaking do EBI. And uh, 205 Combat Jiu-Jitsu is absolutely in the future for me. I'm going to get beefed up. Uh, fight you know, fight those guys. Really test my Jiu-Jitsu against some, some real knockout power. I love it. Well, Ryan, we thank you for coming on the show. We give you all of the congratulations and the props you made it fun. You made it entertaining. And we look forward to seeing what's coming next for you, man. Thanks. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. And uh, like hearing from you again. Take care. Please note, the new number is...